Okay, so for this week's episode of Forward, I have a very special guest with me. Um, so I have uh, Gabriella Viteri, and if some of you are wondering what's going on with their screen and why they can see double, <laughs> uh, <laughs> she is my twin, and I've always wanted to, um, you know, have Gabby on our podcast, um, but now in our Forward series. I think now more than ever, um, I wanted to have her on because I think wellness is a big topic for all of us right now. Um, we're in the middle of a pandemic and for all of us, we're, you know, our worlds have been turned upside down and we still are expected to be very productive in our jobs. Um, and now we also can see how you know, life is fleeting and one of the best things we can do for ourselves is take care of ourselves. And I wanted to approach this in a way where it's how we can, you know, incorporate wellness practices into our day to help boost productivity. Because I think the main thing for us um, in marketing is how can we just do better at our jobs? Um, but, you know, all of these can be taken of, you know, wellness that will help us with you know, everything in our whole life. So, um, so yeah, so Gabby, do you want to, oh, and I'll call her Gabby because I can't help but call uh, <laughs> her Gabby. Um, uh, so do you want to just maybe, um, you know, talk a little bit about your background just so everyone can understand, you know, what, what you do and, um, what you're an expert in? Yeah, totally. And then, um, I'm super excited to be on here. Um, so my background, um, I am a registered dietitian, um, and I have been working as a dietitian for, um, almost 10 years, I think around eight or nine years now. I started, um, more in clinical work in private practice and weight management, um, and have had different roles. I had a role in sales, um, with, um, nutrient, um, needs via IV nutrition. Um, but then I went back into wellness again, doing um, registered dietitian work, now mostly in the corporate wellness industry. So um, I'm on my second tech company where I actually moved into a role that is beyond nutrition. So um, now I am actually a registered dietitian and a certified um, health and wellness coach, where I just um, actually just sat for a new board exam for health and wellness coaching and have a certification in that now too. So in my role now, um, I help um, corporate employees at a big tech company um, um, through um, a primary care clinic, work on different areas to help um, with anything from yeah, boosting productivity to helping prevent chronic disease. Uh, we tend to focus in kind of four domains, which is um, nutrition, movement or what people call exercise, sleep and stress. And so those are the four big areas that um, we coach on and help people incorporate different techniques, all driven by the patient as this is a very patient focused um, program where they come up with their goals and kind of meet them over time. Awesome, yeah. Um, and I think that, uh, you know, for, for this, uh, call or you know meeting we're gonna have. I think I wanted to approach it in a way where we can 
um, talk about the whole day. So everyone's day from the beginning of your day throughout the day and then the end of the day, what are some ways that you can incorporate some of these, um, you know, wellness best practices and strategies? Um, and uh, I think for all of us, we maybe will, you know, have some of these that we do each day, or maybe we, you know, start out by, you know, working on the morning, but then the rest of the day we, you know, abandon all other wellness strategies. Maybe we miss all of our meals. We, um, you know, stay up way too late. Uh, we, we, you know, don't do anything that helps with our stress. And then we wonder why am I not feeling great <laughs> or why <laughs> by three o'clock am I, you know, tired. And then I go and just eat a cupcake. And, um, I think that some when I look at people around me and also since I've incorporated more wellness, I've been able to really, you know, optimize how I do my job. People um, will say, oh my gosh, how do you support that many clients? How do you do all the stuff that you do? And I really think that having a, a approach at optimizing yourself, it will really help optimize how you do your job. So, um, so what about the mornings? Um, so, you know, we all wake up some of us earlier than others. And, um, I know I'm, I'm always been an early bird. It was really hard after having Ava, you know, getting up, especially when you're waking up multiple times during the day. But now that she's on a better schedule, I can wake up early again. Um, but what are some ways that you can, um, incorporate wellness or kick off your day? Yeah. Um, so whatever is like your normal wake up routine, um, it would be good to think about, is there a way to wake up maybe a half an hour to an hour earlier? Um, if you can fit that into your sleep schedule as a way to, um, bridge the gap between you waking up and kind of starting your day at work. Um, it will be something that will provide you with energy, very, um, you know, feel very grounding. Um, and, you know, give you a sense that you're not just a person who wakes up, works, and then comes back home. You do have a life outside of that. And I think that gives a lot of people, you know, great happiness and gets them kind of ready to start the day. Um, there is this concept from a book called, um, by Hal Elroyd called The Miracle Morning. So, you know, kind of think about what would be your miracle morning? Maybe pick anything from like one to three activities that will kind of support either your physical health, emotional, or mental health. Um, some of my patients definitely maybe start the day with some movement because they think that will, um, it helps with focus. Um, so they, they tend to start their day feeling really productive. Um, but there's also other activities. Some people like to start their day with meditation um, or some type of mindfulness activity. And there's great apps for that or videos. Um, others might want to have a cup of tea, sit on their deck and kind of do some um, reflection outside, whether it's journaling or kind of setting up their plan for the day so they feel less anxious about what they're going to start. Um, some might even, you know, um, call a loved one or just spend like, you know, an hour um, talking to, you know, someone that they love. Uh, basically anything that you think would provide you, you know, um, 
growth in any of those three areas that I talked about, and it'll allow you to feel really good going into your work day. Yes, I, I think a lot of us think, oh, I have to wake up at 5 a.m. and do a workout in order to have a, you know, a miracle morning. But, and like you said, you know, movement can be a big one um, as part of those three areas like movement, meditation, and mindfulness. But, you know, maybe your movement looks different than others. Maybe that's just, you know, taking your dog for a walk or... Mm -hmm um you know doing some stretching or doing some breathing exercises and that can even have meditation on top of it but mm -hmm. whatever activity i think can um like you said you know give you that extra space before starting your day that helps you go into your day feeling a bit more settled um, it's great. Some people even think that like, you know, if they have a long commute, they'll put some meditation or singing in the car. And mm -hmm. I think that that even by itself is something um, you're not just thinking about your what work you have to do all the way to work. Um, well, right now, most of us don't have that commute. <laughs> um, but so it is a good time to maybe start some of these activities. And if you do have children um, that might mean waking up before them mm -hmm. I know I try and do that um, so I can at least have some um, period of time in the morning to myself before taking on the craziness um, yeah one thing that's kind of going on right now with like my my patients is um, they either feel kind of overwhelmed by waking up because they know they have to plan their day for their kids who are at home or they're having trouble getting the motivation to get up because they just know work's there for them. And so part of building in this miracle morning can maybe, you know, provide the structure that you need during this time of quarantine and also give you something to look forward to or, you know, have, um, you know, a commitment to, right? If you told yourself, I'm going to do a, you know, 5.30 Peloton ride tomorrow with my friends, you know, that will maybe be part of your miracle morning, you know, that gives you this sense of like urgency to get out of bed that maybe we're lacking right now. And it's just mm -hmm. due to maybe not having that structure or purpose in that morning. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, um, for myself, like a typical morning, once I, I have built a routine, I feel like that has helped a lot. So I normally, um, you know, in the morning I wake up, I do some type of movement if I'm lucky um, to most days, um, uh, you know, starting around like six-ish. Um, and then after that, I kind of you know, have my coffee, take my dog for a walk with also my daughter and my husband, and then come back and then go into, you know, making breakfast and then doing my day. And um, when I'm able to hit all of those, um, at least in the morning, <laughs> it feels really good because I can ease into my work, but it also feels like I've had so much of my day already. Um, and I feel ready to attack my work instead of, like you said, that like dread of my work just attacking me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I actually have had many people and, and patients tell me that they get motivated by accomplishments. So like just knowing that they already mark some things off for the day 
before they go into their work day, like makes them super motivated in their day job. Like they feel mm-hmm. like, you know, super woman or man, you know, taking on, you know, everything like, Oh, I got in my workout and I made breakfast and meditated. Like I, I can take on anything this morning. Right. Um, mm-hmm. And that really boosts, boosts um, self-confidence, like going into the work day for sure. Mm-hmm. Cool. So we got our mornings down um, and for everyone that might look a little bit different. Um, I think the biggest struggle for people is, you know, what are some of the things they can do throughout the whole day? Cause that's when they're working. That's when they're busy and they're stressed and um, you know, they're deep into their work or juggling a lot of things. And right now that can be your juggling homeschooling, um, taking care of maybe kids at home, having a spouse nearby, um, you know, uh, and then also this work and then also the anxiety, right. Of like everything that's going on in the world right now. And so like we needed more anxiety as it is <laughs> now we have that going on. So what are, what are some of the things that you see people struggle with most during the day? And what are some of the things that they can do to like combat that? Totally. Um, I would say like some of the biggest struggles that I hear from people are um, feeling of like just kind of heightened stress and anxiety throughout the day. Um, mm-hmm. You know, we live in, I mean, I work with people who are in very dynamic roles, have, you know, a lot of pressure, a lot of meetings. So that can kind of take a toll. Um, Maybe even have like lunch meetings. So, you know, um, where, where like even during their lunchtime, they may be kind of stuck. Um, Yeah. Most people listening to this don't know what a lunchtime is, including me. Um, We (laughs) uh, have meetings over that or we yeah. work through our lunch while we eat it because we're just so busy. So totally. Um, mm-hmm. um, as well as, you know, fatigue, especially like our bodies have a, a natural fatigue time and it actually is the afternoon, which is three or four. Mm-hmm. Um, but there are certain things that can help combat the too that we talk about. So I guess stress, anxiety, um, kind of fatigue, um, you know, skipped meals, um, you know, not checking in or taking breaks, um, Mm -hmm. sitting for too long in improper posture. Those are probably the biggest things that, um, I tend to see. And, um, the things that tend to be helpful are actually pretty simple. So like the best way to kind of think about this is first start with lunch and maybe even you can apply this to like a snack preemptively think about when's the best time for you to eat. So if you have to go to say a cafe at your, um, your location where you work, you know, where does that fit in? You know, cause many times what I'll usually hear from people is like, well, I got a meeting that was at 12 and I waited too long and didn't get to go buy food. If you don't pack your own lunch, maybe try to preemptively go get your meal. Even if it's at 11 o'clock and you're not ready for it, at least you have it right? Like, mm-hmm. and you can, and you can eat it. Um, ideally, if you can pack your own lunch, it will be with you. And so when you're thinking about the composition of your meal, what is on your plate matters as well. And, you know, I don't want to sound, you know, too preachy or like your mom and tell you what to eat. But if you think about the different things that are on your plate, they can provide a lot of value. Mm-hmm. Um, when it comes to anxiety, 
improper blood sugar fluctuations can really heighten that. So number one, not eating is definitely going to heighten anxiety because your blood sugar is going to go really low. Your body's going to then create another stress response because underfeeding causes that. And so you're going to have increased heart rate and anxiousness. Um, so number one, maybe just sitting down to eat. Number two, you know, maybe thinking about what you are going to choose, you know, and uh, do you choose a bowl of pasta that has a plain sauce on it? Or do you choose an option like salmon with some vegetables and whole grains? You know, think about the difference between those two. Ideally, if you have protein and fat in your meal, it does help with um, maintaining proper blood sugars um, because it kind of slowed down the digestion of the carbohydrate in that meal. Um, they also help with um, that blood that blood pressure being steady will help with um, your fatigue, reducing post meal um, kind of blood sugar drop, um, mm -hmm. as well as helping with um, less stress and anxiety as well. Mm -hmm. um, having fiber in that meal, so making sure that you're kind of loading up on your non-starchy vegetables and whole grains and um, legumes. Those are all going to be things that kind of stick with you, mm -hmm. and the more you kind of choose those foods, you're going to have better energy levels. Yeah. And I think right now we're at home, you know, a lot of us for lunch. And so we can, we do have that luxury of having our fridge nearby. And, um, unfortunately there is, you know, it's sometimes hard to get food right now. So if you are shopping, like getting some shelf stable stuff is good or, um, you know, ordering or getting some vegetables that are really hold up in your fridge. And a lot of those um, are, can make up something that you can keep in your fridge for a long time to put meals together. So one thing that I do is like on a Sunday, I make a salad, um, but I make it of things that are, that can sit and like marinate and will always be good. So it's always like some kale, it's really sturdy. So I'm like, pickled beets that are sometimes already prepared um, or you can prepare your own some type of like really crunchy vegetables like carrots and radishes and um, and then I also add in like a bean like a lentil or garbanzo beans or something like that and, and those are things that you can just get canned you don't even have to make them fresh yourself mm -hmm. um, and and then on you know that like rarely goes bad you can make a big thing of it and it, I can literally do it now in minutes and your dressings can just be like olive oil and lemon or you know whatever mm -hmm. kind of um bright it could even be juice from a pickle jar it could be anything you know so um and then you can add on like fats to that or make some like boiled eggs or something and have that sitting by so i think um thinking of you know all those things also last a long time in the fridge right now um mm -hmm. like kale radishes you know carrots um those are gonna last a few weeks and then those canned beans and everything are shelf stable pantry items that you can have and um, put that all together and that's a pretty decent meal and then you can add on eggs or you know meat or whatever if you if you do eat meat um during the day um yeah those are like perfect examples of, of things that you can make well in advance and um yeah, and even if you're not using like a sturdy type of green, I have many patients who will make salads and not dress them and keep mm -hmm. them in a container that's really airtight. And then once they're ready to put everything together, 
they can. So, um, and Chrissy's right, like having a lot of, um, you know, easy to put on proteins is really great and you can find them shelf stable. Um, if you're plant-based, you, your carbohydrates are also going to be part of your protein. So you can just add some nuts and seeds to it. So like lentils, chickpeas and things like that. Um, but you know, there's also things like there's really good canned tuna and salmon out there. Yeah. There's like sardines, there's pre-harboling eggs. Um, there's, you know, baked tofu. And, um, so those all are super easy and and um, really good options to keep on hand. I had something like you today for lunch where I made a cabbage um, salad yesterday um, that's sitting very well. And then I added um, some tuna and then a dollop of hummus for some fats. And so, um, yeah, super nourishing and, and um, really easy to put together. Yeah. Um, so kind of going into some of the other things that I said that were simple. So um, th weirdly enough, one of the biggest complaints that I get is um, fatigue, but it's due to dehydration. Mm -hmm. And so um, it's probably the most simple thing to do, but probably the hardest um, for people when they're going in between meetings or like not taking time to go grab their water bottle. So probably the simplest but best ways to reduce fatigue in the afternoon is drinking water. Ideally, we want half our body weight in ounces of water. Um, but access is the hardest thing. So I recommend definitely getting like a water bottle and filling that up. Um, sometimes people get two, they go to fill it up in the beginning of the day, keep it at their desk. And like they aim to get through two bottles of water, um, within that work day. Um, it can also be things like sparkling water, um, herbal tea. Um, and then one recommend recommendation is kind of, you know, stopping your, coffee intake maybe by like, um, you know, 10 to 12 and then kind of just switching to, um, water after that. Many times if we have coffee, we tend to neglect our water. And so that's what kind of causes this like mm -hmm. fatigue issue. You're, you know, at a certain extent, your body is not getting the energy it needs from caffeine. And then if anything, it's a diuretic kind of, you know, removing, um, the hydration from your body. And it's just going to put you in like fight or flight mode and all of your anxieties are getting to seem so much bigger. Like I, yes. I saw a meme one time that had like word bubbles of your, uh, your worries. And it was like before coffee and they're a small bubble. And then after coffee, they're still the same with, with a big bubble. <laughs> um, and I, I love coffee and I won't get that up. And I do think it does like start me up for the day, but I do say like after the morning time, it's like a hard cutoff. Um, and this is something like I used to maybe go, oh, well, maybe like I'll have like a latte in the afternoon or something and go out for a coffee. And even then now, I'm like, it's not worth it when you're wired and anxious and feeling dehydrated um, or can, can't even go to bed that night. So yeah, not many people know this, but the half life of caffeine is actually eight hours. So even eight hours after you consume caffeine, only half of it is out of your system. And another half of that is out another eight hours. So we're, we actually like are more affected by caffeine than we think. And if we're constantly drinking it, you're just kind of compounding um, that and um, does impact the last tip that we're going to go into, which is kind of like your sleep routine. So mm -hmm. think about your future self, maybe cut it off by like 10 um, to 12 and, and feel, um, and then switch to um, increasing your hydration. Yeah. 
I think a, a, a few other things we talked about during the day um, would is like taking some breaks and some of that would be, you know, walking um, or also getting some sun if you can for some natural vitamin D. Um, mm -hmm. um, do you do you find that taking a break from your work um, is a good thing to do and um, even if yeah. it's just for uh, like five minutes, is that enough where you can like five to 10 minutes, just go outside and do a quick walk around your garden or something? Um, Cause I know I really struggle with this cause I'm just so busy and I'm like, I need that five minutes. I need the 10 minutes, you know? Um, but do you think that just a, a little bit of time helps? Totally. Yeah. Um, in coaching, we learn a lot about like brain, like, the kind of like your brain phases and what it needs and what your which part of the brains are being activated at different times and they do stress like the um taking brain breaks as a way to kind of boost creativity and productivity because it allows you to kind of stop about what you're thinking take you know taking a break and, and reserving kind of that mental energy and going back to it and so um, I actually recommend for people taking like a brain and body break if you can. So if you like, you know, walk around, you know, campus, like outside, or even just like if you work at home, yeah, going outside, maybe walk around your backyard, um, maybe um, go play, you know, fetch with your dog really quick. Um, and then, um, you know, you're kind of removing yourself um, from work moving your legs, which helps um, get blood flow back to the body and reduce your risk of cardiovascular disease. And then it also just kind of like invigorates you uh, a bit. Um, most people find that these breaks really help them. Um, if you can't just immediately stop technical work, say you're a manager, I do have like a lot of managers that go on walking breaks. Not only does it help them fit in movement throughout their day, which can be super hard if you have kids and working super long hours, mm -hmm. um, but it can kind of separate, like they can sit down while they do technical work, which, mm -hmm. um, and emails, but then they can like take, do their one-on-ones while they walk and not only do like their direct reports really like that, but I think it also gives them some time to like have that break, which is yeah, walking one on ones are great. I think another thing, too, if you're not going to be an active participant on a call, but you have to be on it, maybe going and taking a walk while you dial in um, if it's quiet enough, especially right now when that's really the only thing you can do. Yeah, um, <laughs> could be good. Uh, I, 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 this is the one I really struggle with. Um, but you know, taking your you know your dog for a quick walk could be good if you can fit it in. And today I, I just you know uh, usually I have help on Mondays, but right now I'm like balancing juggling um, without a nanny on Monday. And I just walked out with um, Ava and in our backyard since the sun was out, and I like had her touch all of the plants and like the trees and stuff. And so she was getting stimulated, but then I was also getting you know, sunlight and fresh air. And I think it really did help just with my mood um, in general, because we both just, um, you know, got out of the house and able to soak in some of that sun. <laughs> um, yeah. <but laughs> Even if you can't, like, yeah. physically move from your space, like, taking some time to, like, just take a deep breath um, yeah. and kind of, you know, 
I tell people to have tokens. So tokens are things that you can easily go to to boost mood. Um, I keep photos um, on my phone. I have a daily photo from Chrissy that includes my niece Ava. So that's actually my token. She's the cutest. Um, but, and so I like go and like look at things like that in between seeing patients because, um, you know, so even if you're having a hard day, we as like individuals have a lot of empathy. We can hold that, like whether it's stress or like pressure. And so like taking some time out to like look at these tokens, whether it's listening to a song or looking at photos or something like that, just immediately, you know, boosts your mood and, and kind of brings you back to um, a, a better state. Yeah. Um, cool. Um, and I think one of the things that we didn't cover in there, but that I find to be something that does not help with that is like us, like just mindlessly scrolling through social media and Instagram. And I think that's another topic that I think we could talk about for a whole hour, but <laughs> yeah. things that I do for, um, just mental health in general. And sometimes I just take, you know, social apps off my phone, especially during work weeks. And then maybe I'll put it back on, on like a Friday. But, um, you know, scrolling mindlessly through Instagram isn't really inspiring during the day when you're working. Um, it also can sidetrack you and it's just like wasted time and that's not doing anything that's really going to be better for you. And sometimes it can cause stress and anxiety. So I would say as a side tip, like even having some, um, like a social media diet throughout the week. <laughs> Yeah, do some social distancing from your phone. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. All right. I, so then, okay, so we got a good day now and talk about yeah. those tips now. What can we do in the evenings um, to set ourselves up for um, being better, more productive during the day then? Yeah. So um, one thing I want to recognize is right now is that many times, or right, right now, more than ever your home is actually your office too which can yeah. be super hard for people most of my patients are working far more than they used to and it's just because they have it right in front of them even mm -hmm. if you love your job it can be like addicting to like want to keep working but whether you love it you know or it is your job it will produce burnout to a certain extent and so you know what I've seen be helpful for people is they will have like a dedicated room that maybe they don't go often in. That's their office. Mm -hmm. um, or you can kind of like have your space and then at the end of the day, kind of pack up everything and put it to the side. Yeah. When, when it's around, it kind of like reminds you of work. And then, you know, you feel very tempted to be like, oh, did someone answer that email? Mm -hmm. Um and there's already going to be people that are going to distract you, whether it's text threads or Slack threads coming into your phone. So trying to do your best with removing yourself from your workspace is super helpful. Um, and having a cutoff point, you know, I have, you know, people who like don't really have these kind of set, you know, boundaries between work and personal life. And you know, you know, I always tell people to put in perspective, like if you put your salary, you know, salary into an hourly wage, you know, what are you giving into the day? And so, you know, being able to respect some boundaries when it comes to like personal life is, is huge. So that's first one is kind of like, you know, how to separate the two. There is this concept too of like, if you have to go to something for your kids, you don't have to fully remove yourself from work stuff. 
but just know that you can balance the two, right? You can include, you know, your personal life and work life at times, but not to the point where you're just like totally like ignoring your personal life because you have to do work things. Yeah. Um, nutrition is just as important at night as it is during the day. So it's kind of like your another opportunity to kind of help with that um, blood sugar control. Um, and um, kind of similar setup to lunchtime. Um, as we get closer to night, we become a little bit more insulin sensitive. So unless you're working out in the afternoon, like, you know, possibly think about trying to eat before 7 p.m. Because when our, when we secrete melatonin, it can um, be a time where our body doesn't want to digest food as, um, as well and as, as um, we did during the day. So um, maybe eating a couple hours before you go to bed or by like 7 um, to no later than 8 o'clock. Um, having dinner as a family or with roommates can be a really fun way to add in social connection um, and be a routine and ritual to kind of bring the family or your friends together. Super great time now. I've even told people during social distancing, if you notice you're skipping dinner because you live alone or maybe eating cereal or then that's something so exciting. Maybe you FaceTime with your friends at dinner time or do like a time where you guys cook together or something mm -hmm. to kind of bring that social element back into your day. With your roommates, you guys can pick which days that you want to cook. Um, so that alleviates some pressure to cook every day, giving you some, a little bit of balance. Maybe you want to stay a little bit later at work or add in a workout after work. Mm. And then with your family, you know, um, we work longer hours than ever. So the time that you get talking to your kids can be limited. So mm -hmm. using this time to sit down and, um, you know, remove tech devices, be a good example. Don't look at your phone. And so your kids won't look at their iPads and phones and maybe take like, um, go around the table and say one thing that you're grateful for or a positive experience that you had that day or something that you learned. Um, and, um, these are all, you know, positive, um, and uh, mental health boosting activities that can start really young. Um, yeah, and I think you know, at the dinner table, uh, I think if we have our tech devices near us, it's very, that we might get sucked into some of the media that's even giving us stress right now, talking about the pandemic and everything. And I think it's healthy to talk as roommates, uh, you know, or as a family of what's going on, but also, you know, using what you have around you, like even your food, like talking to your kids about, you know, the meal that you made and what do they like about it? You know, what color are these things? You know, just finding some other things to talk about um, to like ease that stress of, um, you know, what's going on. Cause I think it's really easy to just talk about, you know, this weird situation we're all in right now um, or to talk about the bad things that happened that day. And I think, you know, that's, not setting everyone up to feel very relaxed um, <laughs> or, you know, going into like the most important thing that we're going to talk about, which is sleep. Um, and so trying to keep things pretty positive and uplifting, relaxing um, is good for that. Yeah. 
Yeah, and it, you know, um, a growth mindset is not that you had any failures. It's it's um, recognizing your learning experiences. And so having your kids think about more about what they learned that day versus like things that they thought that didn't go well will help them be resilient. And so think about how that applies to your life. Are you thinking so much about the things that you thought were failures or producing negative self-talk or can you think of the things that were positive, but also learning experiences like, oh, I probably could do this better tomorrow. And, and what is that versus like, oh, I can't believe I skipped my workout again, or I can't believe I sent that email or whatever, right? Or that error in Salesforce. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> You're trying to relate to our audience. I like that. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah. I think that's a, that's a good thing to think about. And as you wrap, you know, wind down for the day, it's all about down regulation. We've, you know, throughout the day, we're all about up regulation, right? How do I boost my energy? I have all these hormones kind of driving me to get all this work done. And that is actually what we want to downplay at the end mm -hmm. of the day, because the more we're stimulated, the less likely we're going to go to bed. And um, so to calm, you know, to, you have to have balance between the parasympathetic and the sympathetic part of the brain. And to do that, you need to add in some of these down regulation activities. Um, you know, keep the lights low in your house. Christy knows that my house is like, don't, we don't have a lot of lights on ever. Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're, yeah, I, it, I'm very sensitive to, to it and also saves energy. So kind of switching to not having as many lights on, maybe put some candles on once kids go to bed. Um, not looking at tech devices. So, uh, you know, one way that you can motivate yourself to do this is connect with your partner or connect with yourself, right? Like remove the scrolling towards the end of the day mm -hmm. and just like do something like reading or journaling. Or if you're going to watch TV, you know, watch something kind of like fun and relaxing. You know, mm -hmm. save your stressful um, watching to the weekends and focus more on something kind of like fun and lighthearted. And, um, and if you can, maybe add just like, even if you are watching TV before bed, try to remove that from their bedroom. And then add in some, at least, some, you know, five minutes of something kind of relaxing before bed. Do a skincare routine or some stretching. Some people like sleep meditations. I'm huge in that, especially if you're having issues um, sleeping 10% happier has like great sleep meditations that kind of just guide you into sleep. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think that I, um, I've incorporated a few things in the evening. Like I still like love watching, um, some television cause TVs are never on in the house. So the only time I watch TV is at the very evening, like once the baby's down, um, mm -hmm. or after I've eaten dinner and, um, I do like more of the uplifting stuff, but even while I'm doing that, um, if I'm not, you know, getting some like touch from my partner and like a snuggle or something, I do just do um, some stretching. So I like in my living room, I keep my foam roller and mm -hmm. some like, stretching stuff. And um, I use that as a way to kind of like unwind and um, do some stretching then. Um, and having that stuff like right by the, the couch, I think is, um, helpful to just get you to do it. And then 
I've also, since January 3rd, I've been able to, <laughs> I have it in my notebook, but I, I've been journaling like every single night as mm. I get into bed. And I, one of the things that helped me do this is I just set up a few things for myself. And part of it is like gratitude, which I think you talk about it, like in the morning, you know, doing some gratitude journaling or during dinner gratitude, but I just kind of check in with myself and say like, how am I feeling? You know, what are two things I'm th two things I'm thankful for, two things that went well, and then two things I want to improve. Um, mm. And I jot those down each day um, at night before I go to bed. And most of it is positive, but even the things to improve, um, you'll find that the by the time you get to the last one of like improvement, because you've gone through like how you're feeling in the day, it's usually something like, oh, I should have stretched more or <laughs> something like that. So, um, or, you know, if I noticed that I was distant or not present with, you know, Ava or something, then I'll write that. But so, uh, but most of it is positive. And just, I think doing that alone has been a routine that I can stick to because now I'm like, I don't want to I can't miss a day in my journal. I write the date on each day and I'm like, I have to do it. You know, um, I even brought it with me when I traveled this year. So, um, I think having something like that to just kind of like unwind, um, and really look back on your day and, and have some grateful like gratitude and thankfulness. And, um, I think sets you up in a good positive mindset for sleep. Oh yeah. Totally. Yeah, um, and I think. But, oh, go ahead. This, I think this one's like the mm, hardest that I um, topic for most people that I see. It's just like weirdly the hardest one to break. But one thing to notice, I have seen it be a catalyst for incorporating so many other health behaviors. If I've seen people, you know, regulate their sleep, get a, on a good, consistent. Um, sleep schedule, get their seven to eight hours, and they notice like, oh, I actually was had energy to wake up and move, or that I had, you know, um, I was getting work done more quickly, um, and so, um, or I was able to get up and make breakfast, and so there's so many different things that can come from that one simple thing. Because we're always told how important sleep is, but um, it's really like around 2006 you know there was people saying like oh we don't need sleep or whatever well it turns out it's only like five or one percent of the population that needs you know five to six hours of sleep everyone else is struggling on it um mm -hmm. and i think you know with the help of ariana huffington and thrive global there's you know um we're learning that that's not the case you do need sleep and it is yeah. the powerhouse of you know, and people in Silicon Valley are recognizing that this is important. So totally. I think that's a big thing. I, um, I think especially when you're young, you don't feel the effects as much for depriving yourself of sleep, but you'll definitely feel it as you get older. And for any person that has had a child and then you actually realize what like true sleep deprivation is unless you've been in like the military or something <laughs> um, you don't like you just realize like how much sleep can affect you you know your mood the even being able to pick up like cues to things so like 
at work, someone might be even signaling like a cue to you to, to do something or to feel a certain way or to some sense of urgency. You can even like miss that from just being sleep deprived. Or someone could, you could like become even a bit paranoid. Like some, you think that things are going wrong when actually, or seem monumental when really they're not and just from being sleep deprived. And I would work like through the night early on my career and it just, I look at the productivity I have now, like prioritizing sleep and I feel like I get a way better output now mm -hmm. um things that seemed hard to me and would you know almost put me to tears like now are just like simple um mm -hmm. so it does play a big role yeah um, i think yeah. from a creativity standpoint it's huge because yeah. i used to you know work in san francisco and i got like very little sleep early on in my career too because i was you know commuting four hours a day still trying to maintain what i thought was important for health um, but the missing link was my sleep. And, um, I used to like stare at like the computer if I had to do something like creative for like hours, right? Like how do I write this newsletter? How do I come up with this content? And now I like, that would take me like 30 minutes to do mm -hmm. what I was like thinking about. And, um, yeah. And so that's something I think about too, is like, you know, what are, you know, What's important to you? Is it important? You know, can you change some aspects of your routine? Even if it's like, um, maybe you have to commute far away. Maybe it's, you know, after this saying, like, can I work from home a couple of days per week? And then it allows for extra sleep. So, um, you know, think about some strategy, you know, and, and even during this time, if you can get an extra hour of sleep, like do it, you know, yeah. think about the benefits that you would, that you would get from it or take this time to kind of get onto a good sleep path. Don't get on like a weird one. Cause I do hear that a lot. Like oh, I'm going to bed now, like 12 or one. Cause like, whatever I can. <laughs> Why? Yeah. That is one thing. Like step, definitely stick to try and make it so that with this weird schedule working from home, that basically you just stick to the same schedule. Yeah. Um, okay. So I think, you know, this has been great. So much content. Um, but, you know, to, to end things, um, you know, just in a quick kind of detail, you work with a ton of people, a ton of people in technical roles, um, you know, you're doing con consults, like, you know, hours a day with people. What are some of the improvements that you've seen um, for people, especially in technical roles, who is most, you know, people that we're speaking to, um, what are some of those improvements from putting in some of the strategies that you've suggested here um, at work? Totally. Um, definitely, you know, like, ROI is like return on investment. So like my patients are spending less time working, but more time giving back to themselves. So they have better, um, like productivity throughout the day. So they have better work, but less hours at work. Um, and they're seeing this as like a good investment of time giving back to themselves. Um, better energy levels, um, decrease in, you know, some health markers. So we didn't talk about this a lot, but some of my patients have like prediabetes or hypertension, some early signs of things that could get worse over time. And so they're help alleviating that. Um, but even short term, they, you know, have less sick days because their, you know, movement is helping their immune function. 
Um, Which is super and, important right now, but everyone's thinking about their immunity right now. So maybe. <laughs> yeah. Actually, moderate intensity exercise has been proven to reduce your risk of um, upper respiratory infection. Um, so even if you get, can get some movement in at home, you know, uh, you have like a million home workouts to pick from, from Instagram, so pick one. And then, <laughs> um, you know, incorporating that in super helpful, but also mental health days are decreased, right? If you're feeling good and you're feeling less burnt out, you're, you can show up to work feeling happy, you know, and yeah, which is probably going to make you just such a valuable asset for your role uh, to your job and your bosses are going to notice that. And that's just a competitive edge that you can have if, if that's part of what drives you. Um, yeah, and so, you know, self-confidence is definitely increased when we feel good about what we're giving back to ourselves. Like, the best way to boost your confidence is to um, do things that make you feel good. Um, and so everyone at work wants to be around the person who has not only confidence in themselves, but confidence to give out, you know, good work. And um, so that's definitely huge and what I've seen and um and just like being able to stay in a job long term have a lot of conversations about boundaries and you know it's tough being in Silicon Valley in these roles right it's, it's not easy and so being able to kind of create these healthy you know routines and structure in their day that um, allows them to kind of stay in these intense roles. Yeah, so. I think that plays a, that makes, um, we can end it here, but that's a good point because we talk about this a lot at CS2, like why people just move on to new jobs. And I think part of the thing is people are just, you know, searching for something they don't know what's missing. They think it's their job that is giving them these problems, this uh, anxiety, stress, and these issues. And um, a lot of the time, it's just you. You're finding the same problems when you're going to the other job. So if you focus on being the better you, and um, there, it's you probably find that like your job's fine. You know, you can <laughs> and you can be better at that job. It's not the job that's making you sad or tired or uninspired. It could be just some of the things that you're doing to yourself. So. Um, so we'll leave that at that, but before we end this, where can people find you online to learn more? I mean, they could message me and, you know, they're probably <laughs> all going to try and be friends with you now through me. So I'm going to get a long message, but where can people find you online? Yeah. So, um, well, I do have a website, um, that includes the blog that I've been definitely, um, on. It was started out as a food blog and now has transitioned to an overall wellness blog called macrobalance.com. So macro like the food, M-A-C-R-O and then balanced.com. And then I have an Instagram account that I use probably most frequently. Um, and that is um, Gabriella, my first name, G-A-B-R-I-E-L-L-A, V underscore R-D. Sweet. Well, yeah, it will say I, that I am Gabriella Davis, and it is true, I am Gabriella Davis, but um, Chrissy will call me Gabby, and then Bateri is my maiden name. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. Um, this is great, and you know, maybe we'll have some follow-ups, uh, because I think wellness and is so important right now, but thanks for coming on for this week's forward. Yay, I'm so excited, it's been my 
um, it's my first type of um, interview like this for type of podcast series and um, I'm a huge advocate of like spreading knowledge in a conversational way and things that are approachable to people so hope y'all like it and hope I can come back <laughs> thanks all right bye Gabby bye